Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No longer any doubt that we were closely watched and that the Trocos did not intend to give us a chance to escape. A few minutes after this occurrence, I saw several of these hairy beings select each a piece of meat from the aforementioned heap and start off in the direction of the forest. In small groups, the whole encampment did likewise, and we were led along by the same Trocos who had superintended our movements the day before. And thus another sun went on its course, while the long cavalcade traveled swiftly through the forest, the men and the women carrying the children when they tired, as our guards did likewise by us. That night we encamped in a pleasant valley, through which ran a gurgling stream, which made its way towards the distant mountains. There were no huts, and we lay in the open under the shelter of a great tree. All the children cuddled together, and around them lay their parents in a similar manner. As for ourselves, we were put next to the children, doubtless with a view to prevent any attempt to escape. With dawn, everyone arose and trooped down to the stream, and every member of the party washed therein. Then we ate pinones, apples, and meat after which we started on our journey once again. We made a very long march that day, and it was getting dark when we entered a wooded plain, heavy with the scent of flowers, and crossing it arrived on the banks of a broad river, which flowed northwards. Several large rafts were moored to the land, and on them lay a pile of apples, oracarius, and pinones. There were several troco huts standing along the banks, and when we arrived, two or three strange figures came out of them leaning on sticks. They were exactly like the trocos in build and make, save that their fur was pure white all over, instead of brown as the others were, and their eyes, instead of being dark and languishing, were pink. Albinos, exclaimed Topsy quickly. Troco albinos. At first, we took them for very old people of the Troco species, continued Pinon gravely, but we soon saw that they were young enough. Yet the brown-haired Trocos appeared to regard them with respect, for they all prostrated themselves 
and raised their hands above their heads. Suddenly, and apparently from amidst the snow crags that towered far above, a clear bell-like note rang forth. At once, the strange white figures raised the staves which they carried and pointed to the sky, and then the trochos fell flat again and made obeisance to the unseen Galichu. Both I and my father were seized with great awe, and we raised our hands to our foreheads and saluted the spirit that apparently reigned over these scenes and these people in order to propitiate him and shield ourselves against evil. Then the white trochos retired to their huts. We formed a circle, and after we had eaten, retired to rest in exactly the same manner as we had done the night before. When morning came, every troco arose as usual, and going down to the river's edge, plunged in. They swam with long, powerful strokes, and kept their chests high out of the water as they did so. Both I and Costral followed their example, and the swim greatly refreshed us. I noticed that the white trochos did not enter the water. Yet, as their fur was extremely white, I have no doubt but that they bathed at other times. When we had bathed, we ate, and then everyone began to crowd upon the rafts. The children all seated themselves in the center, their elders round them, leaving a free space on either side for the trochos, whose duty it was to propel the rafts forward. This they did by means of long poles, tipped at the end with gold. On each side of the raft, a male and female troco took their stand and dipping their poles into the water, pressed them to the bottom, and then walking along the raft, pushed her up against the stream. The strength of these trocos must have been very evenly balanced, for they kept the head of the raft as straight as an arrow flies. As we left the banks, the white trocos stood thereon with their staves raised and cooing like doves. It was thus I saw them standing as we glided from their midst, with the forest trees sweeping the dark, cool river on either side. We saw several strange sights that day. A large, black-headed swan was sighted up the stream and two trochos were landed to stalk it along the banks, while the rafts were kept close to the shore. A troco on either side, stealing like snakes through the long grass, was a curious vision, and in spite of our downcast thoughts, both I and Custrell could not but watch it with interest. Suddenly, and at the same moment, the creeping hairy beings uprose themselves, startling the great white bird, who spread his wings and began to soar aloft. The next moment, two golden-headed arrows winged their flight, and the lordly king of the weathery-feathered tribe fell dead to rise no more. His great white body floated down the stream towards the rafts and was drawn on board one of them. Then the hunters retook their places thereon, and the journey was continued. We traveled on for many miles after this, 
the heat was terrific, and the Trocos, perceiving that I and Castral were overcome by it, gave us some branches of green leaves with which to shield ourselves from the sun's rays. Beneath their grateful shelter, we both laid down and fell asleep. I was awakened by loud and blood-curdling yells, and springing to my feet, beheld a scene of weird and fantastic horror. Dancing along the banks and springing from tree to tree were a crowd of dark, hairy creatures bearing the shape of men. Like the trochos, they were furry all over, but that was all. They lacked the fine, powerful build, the shapely body, the well-formed head, the large, dark eyes, and splendid teeth of this people. Unlike them, they wore no chiripas of fur around the loins. Their faces were black and skinny, their teeth sharp and pointed, their eyes small and gleaming. Their noses were merely two holes in a slight bridge, and in their hands they carried thick clubs, which they brandished above their heads. End of chapter 17